Welcome to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show. We're getting on tonight at the Australian Citizen Science Association pub meal, and we've got Jesse Oliver. Is that correct? Did I get your name right? You sure did. Oh, crikey, I've got to get one right, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, thank you. What's your role in the association? Well, that's a good question. So I've been involved with the association since the day it started way back in May of 2014. And I was on the management committee for a long time. And then I was international liaison for a couple of years. And now I'm the executive officer for AXA, so... I'm doing a lot of things behind the scene to support a lot of other people doing really fantastic things and helping everybody learn about the association because without the support of having the association, we can't advocate for citizen science to grow and for governments to take it seriously and value the data and the contributions from everyone being able to learn together collectively. Where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? So I grew up in Northern California that is very different than anyone would think of in Australia, I feel, for the most part. Um, so I grew up in kind of cattle country, actually. Oh, did you? Way up north, I did. And so I grew up in the sticks. I'm a country girl through and through. <laughs> and I'm very grateful for that, actually, because I grew up very much, you know, catching tadpoles in the the horse dam and everything else so you were very connected to nature from a little girl very very much i was catching the blue belly lizards and blue belly lizard yeah and if you put them on their belly you can pet them and kind of go to sleep oh really <laughs> yeah and then you can let them go you know and but uh yeah and i just loved birds and i raised chickens and rabbits as a kid as well and like showing them Oh, wow. And that got me into, like, thinking about animals in a different way, and I kind of learned the personalities of the different animals that I had and just got really interested. You and know? and who did you learn this off? Like, was it mom or dad or grandpa or, or a neighbor or something like that? You know, I've thought about that a lot. My mom definitely supported the getting the chicken. She knew I kind of liked animals, and I have cerebral palsy, so I couldn't do a lot of sports. And so she was very much looking for different types of hobbies that I could get into. And, you know, bunnies and, and chooks are pretty small. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't going to be doing the cows and the sheep like all the other kids I was around. But, uh, yeah, so I did the little guys. But I actually, and I actually raised cockatiels for a while. But then I had an interesting transition in high school. And I kind of thought, I don't want birds in cages anymore. I just kind of felt weird about it personally and I couldn't quite explain why but I started doing wildlife rehabilitation and I uh, worked with this incredible lady who founded this wildlife center and she was in her 90s and she did this educational video with me for a senior project and I worked with another lady doing educational outreach and uh, you know we'd go and take a bunch of animals and I was really shy back then believe it or not and uh so I wouldn't do any of the talking, but I definitely learned so much just from observing. And I did my senior project, and I showed my horrible video, but I thought I was going to be the next David Attenborough, you know. And and I rock up with a barn owl, and everybody's like, whoa, this chick's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I bring my baby cockatiels in, because, you know, I was still raising the aviary birds a little bit, and... uh 
they had to be hand fed. So I brought them in and I'd feed them at recess. And yeah, it was weird. But it's just been a big part of my life to have. And then I got into birding and, and it was all over with the aviary birds. But um, I still think it was important for my growth. I learned so much about genetics and all these different things through doing that. I had like predictions of what colors I would get in my cockatiels and things and got pretty good at it. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so mum was a big part of that in the in in the beginning. In the yeah, in the livestock part of it, but the the nature part of it, I don't know exactly where that came from. But when I did watch TV, it was always nature docos, you know, Jacques Cousteau. Oh, stop it! And then I saw Life of Birds by David Attenborough, and I was like, sunk. And I saw frigate birds, and I didn't know that fifteen years later I'd be running away from frigate birds that were trying to swoop me. And you guys think magpies are bad. You shouldn't see a frigate bird coming at you. So what do you say? Frigate! <laughs> yeah, the males will come out and they, they make a very scary call when they're about to swoop you. So they give you a little bit of a warning. So you carry a stick because they'll attack whatever's the highest. But I did get bit by an albatross. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I was trying to get them off the runway before the flight came. So I didn't know how to catch albatross yet. I hadn't been properly trained, but the plane was on its way, so... <laughs> I was told to grab it like a football, and I knew how to catch raptors because I'd done that before, but I'd never picked up an albatross, and it turns out they have incredibly strong necks. So he got his bill free, but, you know, I think it was a real victory, though, because I got him off the runway, and, you know, he gave him a piece of his mind, his mind to me, so... And that was in the Northwest Hawaiian Islands. It's one of the most remote places on the planet. Whereabouts, sorry? Northwest Hawaiian Islands. Papahanaumokuakea is the name of the monument. And uh, it's incredible. It was me and one other dude with 165,000 birds. It was magic. <laughs> so, yeah, I've done some pretty weird and wonderful things. So what were you doing out there? Seabird uh, banding and monitoring. So I'd be going out on the runway and checking, you know, doing all the nest checks and counts for various species. And then we were doing a lot of banding because there's a lot of monitoring, long-term data sets of the different birds to understand how they're doing because... There are a lot of threats for seabirds in particular and albatross particularly with things like longline fishing and plastics ingestion. So we'd also be monitoring the marine debris and those islands are in the middle of the Pacific garbage patch. So there's gyras or currents that circle around and pick up garbage from lots of different regions of the world that kind of aggregate and things like that. So I'd be looking at when carcasses or birds died and they started to decompose i'd count what was in their guts things like that too so lots of different weird things out there yeah and i never knew how much fishery debris there is and since then i haven't eaten fish yeah because i just learned too much and i you know seeing a monk seal hang out by a ghost net that's an abandoned fish net that's just dumped it just made me think really differently and glow sticks everywhere had no idea they were used so much for fishing to attract fish and they wash up by the hundreds i've never met anyone that's been out near the great pacific geezers i call them geezers is that the correct name uh i don't know if it's a pronunciation thing but i call them gyras gyras okay well you speak american i speak australian and and the english will call them something else (laughs) can you see that by air when you're coming into that, that little island? Well, we came in on a tiny little Cessna and about had a heart attack. 
I'd never been on a little plane before, and you're in the middle of the Pacific. You're a thousand miles from any other island, even. Yeah, and all it is is a runway with seabird nests along the side. So there were a lot of things about that experience I did not expect. Yeah, it was pretty wild. The, and and you could see all the plastic rubbish all around. No, the it's not quite like people kind of imagine it like but like that and sometimes it's portrayed that way and I suppose there's some sections where you do see bigger objects floating, but it's more distributed, but it's a huge area with a lot of rubbish. So it's, you know, it it does depend on where you are exactly in the tidal current as well. But it just washes up nonstop, you know. And we'd get scuba gear one day and shoes another day. And I'd look at this garbage and it really made me contemplate, like, Jesus, story this garbage can tell. You might find a little kid's flip-flop or, or you know, thong and be like, gee, wonder what happened to the other one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Looked a little ominous sometimes. Some of the things you'd see, some stuffed animal or something, you're just like, yikes, man. And, and how did you get there? Like, was it, did you do a university course or? How did I actually? <laughs> Those are really funny. Um, you remember MySpace? MySpace. Do you remember the social network MySpace? Yeah. No. no all right. Well, I used MySpace a little bit and, uh, I had learned about the islands a little bit, but I met these dudes who had just gotten back from Le Sand Island, which is a neighboring island out there. And and I met them on MySpace, and they're like, hey, if you're on the main island of Hawaii, Oahu, we can take you to Kayana Point and show you the albatross. And I didn't know them, but I was like, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> and they showed me the albatross, and they're like, you need to sign up to go out and do proper monitoring. You'd love it. And I was just like, all right. And then it was crazy because... I was on a two-year wait list, and I did an honors degree in the meantime here in Australia. And, uh, yeah, it was just wild because all of a sudden I was just like, they called me up like days after I finished my seabird, or sorry, my honors project and uh, studying crayfish behavior and dishonest signaling. And I was super ready to be done with that project. So when they offered me the opportunity to actually ring up and say, hey, you know, we only have one other person that can go out on the island. Are you comfortable with that? We usually have three or four. And I was thinking, man, I hope this guy's a nice guy. <laughs> but I was game for anything back then. I was like, yeah, what the heck? Sign me up. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, I just just did it, you know. But, yeah, while I was while I was on Oahu looking at, at the albatross on Kayana Point, um, those guys took me into the Fish and Wildlife Service to meet the team and they added me to a wait list to do that oh wow yeah it was volunteer but man it was seriously one of the best experiences of my life so in a way it was kind of citizen science like i wasn't trained they didn't call it that but i've done a lot over the years i just didn't call it citizen science at the time you just called it fun. Yeah, for me it was like, yeah, I get to get out in nature. Like, you do not get more remote than that. And you know what was really funny is when I got back, everything smelled so strong because I'd smelled guano for so long, <laughs> right? But, like, the smell of fre fresh cut grass and petrol made me want to gag. Like, it was so strong. And it made me really have a different understanding of air pollution, actually. And it just really raised my awareness, yeah. To how fresh the air should be. Yeah, 
I mean, not that guano is super fresh. Our water also tasted like guano, but, you know, <laughs> we added orange tang to it to try to move past the nastiness of it. But anyway, I don't like tang. <laughs> <laughs> Brings back memories. Yeah, I was more a fan of the Gatorade powder. It was a little less nauseating. Oh, that's a fantastic story. And then from there... You moved on to do your honours or... Well, I did my honours right before then. I actually bailed. And I should mention, before that, I was doing AmeriCorps, which is kind of like the domestic version of Peace Corps. And I I actually taught kids about fish. Oh, did you? Yeah, about anadromous fish, which are salmon and steelhead in California. They're fish that are born in creeks and they migrate all the way down and then they'll migrate all the way back up. To breed. So they go from the freshwater to the saltwater and then back up. Yeah, yeah, and they'll go back to their exact needle creek where they hatched. And so uh, my role was to go to a bunch of classrooms every day and teach young kids about um, all these different habitats that these fish would have to get through and all the things they would do. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. And he was funny because I do K through 12 and I ran summer camp and an environmental camp and would go to their classrooms. And for the third graders, I made this really cheesy uh, cardboard salmon face called a kipe. It's kind of the the front of a salmon's face. My kipe costume. And they'd be like, they're Sally Salmon to their parents (laughs) if they saw me in town because it was a tiny little town. It was fun. It does sound like a lot of fun. It really was. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight. Um, it's been, I, I love that story you were doing citizen science before it was actually citizen science. <laughs> and um, yeah, you're one of those silent achievers the, that we really need. And I'm really glad you shared the story because that story is going to inspire other people. I hope so. I hope so. And just find what you're passionate about. That would be my hot tip, you know, just really get into it, you know. And if you have questions, reach out to me because I can point you in the right direction. And where can they find you? Uh, They can look at the Citizen Science Association website and my phone number is on the website. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Jesse Oliver. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Citizen. 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 Citizen Science. Citizen Science Show.